0: Tuning into the first time I heard, I'm Toya Haynes, and joining me for this episode is journalist and host of Check the Rhymes, Shamika Rhymes, and we're going to be talking about the first time we heard Kashi. first heard Kashif may may be most different than any other story that I've told on this podcast because I definitely heard Kashif for the longest before I even knew I was hearing Kashif. Kashif's music to me has always been the epitome of my favorite era of R&B, which is between years of like 80 and 83. To me, his music feels like Saturday mornings after watching Soul Train and getting my hair done by my mom and <laughs> uh, and, and just the, the love that I had for r and during this time that's what his music just really signifies to me but I will say that the first time I heard Kashif and I knew that I was hearing Kashif it was a Saturday, it was a bright beautiful afternoon and that song, unbeknownst at the time was I just gotta have
1: you?
0: Cause "She's I Just Gotta Have You" as well as other songs that he did, like "Stone Love," really set a precedent in R&B music with the, with the bass synth and just this sound this sound that I didn't even know had a name until the pandemic when I heard Questlove spin a whole set of what is called Boogie 80s music. Look it up. It will just blow your mind. It Just look it up and just like France and Italy, they're in love with something that's called Boogie 80s music and when you hear it, you will hear Kashif all over it because they really herald him as the architect of this sound. I can't tell you what Saturday it was but I'm telling you, I remember Clearest day that sound that I love so much. It wasn't until I went to go visit my grandmother in Shreveport, Louisiana that I got to watch something very new called BET. And BET, when I lived in New Jersey, we would only get it from like 6pm to midnight. But when I went down south, my grandmom had it 24-7 and I could not get enough because all they did was play videos and that was the very very first time that I got to see Kashif as he did his song with Melissa Morgan, Love Changes. My discovery of Kashif is very similar to my discovery of Jay Dilla, meaning, unfortunately, it wasn't until very late in Jay Dilla's career. Not too long before his passing did I realize that all these songs and the feelings that I got from this era, these songs that he produced, came from him. The Soulquarians, the D'Angelo songs, that the Tribe Called Quest songs that I loved. Um, so many songs that I love, Erica Badu, that whole vibe was Dilla. It wasn't until most recently that I knew that these songs that I love so much, like I'm in love by Evelyn Champagne King. I didn't know that was Kashif. Thinking about you by Whitney Houston, which can we just talk about? Is one of the most underrated Whitney songs. Absolutely, Kashif. A lot of people may not understand that it's Kashif that's responsible for this. Kashif was the one that record labels went to when they knew that their artists around that time really needed a hit that would hit with people. I am very happy to be able to to dedicate this episode to Kashif and his music and his legacy. I just don't think we talk about him enough. And I'm very grateful for the imprint that he's left on the soundtrack of my life because it's not just his music. But it's the music that he's produced for other people and just the impact that he's had globally that still, that's just a story that still has not been told. And I hope it gets told soon because his legacy deserves it. to have my girl, Shamika Rhymes from Check the Rhymes TV. She is just an amazing journalist. But the reason why she's on my show here today is because she is a huge fan of Kashif. Please welcome Shamika Rhymes. Hey, girl. Hey,
1: thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so glad
0: we finally did this. We go like way, way back. We were both writing for the National Museum of African-American Music. Yes. Yes. And uh, one of my early articles was about Kashif. I think he might have been the first in memoriam, unfortunately, um, artist that I covered. But I remember covering him. And since then, we've talked um, and you've done extensive work. But we also talked about the love that you also have for Kashif's music. Yes, yes. And him as a person. And him as a person, which we will get into. She has an I Love Kashif t-shirt on right now. One of two, I saw. I actually saw a DJ in Italy. Is it Italy or France? But he had a shirt. This is she saved my life, and I loved it. I, love I loved it. And I think it's cool because a lot of people don't really understand the impact that Kashif has had on R&B music, um, particularly the genre of that a lot of people call boogie 80s or boogie R&B music. It's, right. I feel like it's more revered like outside of the United States, but it's still yes. important. So we're going to talk about the importance of Kashif's music. I am going to ask you the same question that I ask everybody to start off with. Do you remember the first time you heard Kashif?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say I remember because my my dad always played um, music always so Mm -hmm. I didn't know that Kashif had his hands on what I was listening to exactly I found that out later as an adult Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah but if I had to pick a a moment for me it was seeing Kashif on Soul Train Mm -hmm. with Melissa Morgan And let's welcome two extremely gifted artists who have combined their great talents on a song called Love Changes. And here, ladies and gentlemen, is Kashif and his special guest, Melissa Morgan. I
0: think he had on like a foolish
1: purple looking
0: suit.
1: <laughs> and I was just like, I love that song, like their cover of it. And um, that, that moment sticks out the most to me. Yeah. yeah. Did
0: you know that it was a cover when you heard it? It was a cover of Mother's Finest. I had no idea. No, I was good no and grown. <laughs> yeah. The first time I ever saw Kashif was the video for Love Changes. Uh-huh. And I remember exactly where I was. I was at my grandmom at BET. We didn't have BET and she had it in Louisiana. We went to go visit her. And I remember that would be the only time I could see these kinds of videos. And that's when I finally saw the video for Love Changes and I finally got to sh- see Kashif. But up until that point, I only heard that name, but I had never seen that.
1: I'd never even heard the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just knew it was like uh, until later, but then I, but I knew um, in hindsight, those songs, I'm like, you no, what makes sense? Why yeah. I love those songs, because they were sim- like, not similar, but that same, you know his sound.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: like, Evelyn Champagne King, you know that. Yeah. Um, I think that was one that, like, stayed on repeat in my house. And just a lot of the songs that, um, yeah, and I'm like, even going back as far as, like, D.C. Express, <laughs> <Get it. laughs> Yeah. <get> <laughs>
0: like early 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 because she's a lot of people I didn't know like I said until I was good and grown that he was part of BT Express you mentioned Evelyn Champagne King he's done just so many great songs I know that I love like my, my one of my favorite eras is early 80s R&B so yeah. when I think of early 80s R&B I mean you can't you can't think about that without thinking of Evelyn Champagne King's uh, Love Come Down mm-hmm. which he produced I'm in Love is my favorite though But what's your favorite out of the work that you did with her?
1: I'm biased. I'm like, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I was driving to work one day, and, and Paul Lawrence worked with him on the song, but Paul Lawrence doesn't get the same kind of credit
0: mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and we did an interview, like, a while ago about that, that, that when people think of Evelyn Champagne King's music, they always correlate it with Kashif. Right. And so, um, but I just, you know how, like, you, as an adult, you start listening to lyrics, like, wait a minute. what are they saying? So love come (laughs) down. I'm driving like, wait, hold up. (laughs) What is is she singing about? (laughs) And so since Kashif is no longer here for me to call at random times with stupid questions, (laughs) Uh I text Paul and was like, I need to know something. (laughs) Were y'all talking about what I think you were talking about on this
0: song and he was like yeah and I was like y'all nasty there were a lot of songs in the 80s that we were singing that we had no business singing like I had no business singing pull up to the bumper by Grace Jones none whatsoever in your long black limousine I'm not even right. gonna finish the lyrics I had no business um baby we can do it take your time do it right Somebody brought that up one day and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's fine. That's, what do you mean? That's like that Cosby Show episode when he was like, you mean homework. Do your homework right. That's what you're trying to say. (laughs) I do love the work that he did with Evelyn Champagne King. I think another thing that a lot of people don't really attribute to him as they should, as I feel that they should, and maybe you should, you would also feel that they should, is uh, giving us, You Give Good Love by Whitney Houston. Yeah, um,
1: that was like her, her first big hit and. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met Kashif, like, in person and, and <laughs> tried, was trying to teach him how to use Twitter, I was like, get on Twitter and tell these people, like, about recording this song. Like, tell them about it. So he did a few tweets. If you go back and look, um, and I'm, like, standing over his shoulder, like, back backspace, <laughs> type this. Say it like this. <laughs> so he, um, so he did tell the story. It's very condensed. But, mm-hmm. um... Yeah, he, um, Clive Davis basically was like, I got this artist. Mm-hmm. And Kashif was like, what do you want me to do with her? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's like, I don't I don't know. Because I guess at mm-hmm. the time she wasn't singing that type of music. So No,
0: she was very much a gospel singer, I believe, at yeah, that time. Outside yeah. of what she did with Teddy Pendergrass. Um, right. She was very much a gospel singer at that time. Can you talk about how you went from being a fan of Kashif's music to actually becoming a friend. And as you just said, teaching them how to use Twitter.
1: Yeah.
0: Cause this is very interesting.
1: Yeah. So um, 2012 I was writing for soul train.com and my dad actually is the one that said, you should try to find Kashif. And I was like, who? <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> Cause I hadn't even thought of that name in years. So I was like, right. okay, well let me see. So I just slid in this inbox on, on, I think mm. Facebook and, just was like, he probably ain't going to answer. He responded. So we set up the interview and actually that interview is on check the rhymes. Um, mm. You can check it out. Cause I just posted that on the five year anniversary of his death.
0: Great. And okay.
1: um, we talked for like 40 something minutes. And at the end, he's like, well, you can, if you, if you're ever in LA, look me up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people lie when they say that most of the time, but I was <laughs> like, I'm about to call him on his book. Cause I was going to LA in a couple weeks. I got out there I called him. I remember standing inside the Grammy Museum when he called me back and he was like, all right, well, you can come over um, tomorrow or something like that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, "Okay, cool. I'll be there. So I get there. That's like this big fancy high rise he lives in near the water and he's just and they're like Mr. Kashif will see you in the library and I was like the what <laughs> like where am I <laughs> but but he literally just we sat there and I felt like it was a job interview almost because he mm-hmm. was very I guess trying to vet me to see if I'm crazy before he invited me to his condo um into his studio the, in his condo so mm-hmm. that's kind of where we we just sat and talked and then he was telling me about wanting to Used twitter and he didn't know how mm-hmm. to do it and um and then he gave me a copy of his book and then yeah um the only thing I regret about that trip and it was actually right after Whitney Houston's death so that mm-hmm. was, that's kind of why I was saying to him tell the story yeah like tell people this is what they want to hear right now like show another side of her yeah what she was like in the studio so um I know he's probably like this girl get out of my ear with this but <laughs> Uh, But yeah, so my, my phone broke, so I didn't even get any pictures of him. Like I do have Mm. one picture of like, that we were standing on the balcony talking about Whitney, but then my phone was like, nope. So I don't Mm. have any pictures of us together, but I just have those memories and, and a copy of the book that he gave me, but that kind of just built the friendship. And then after that, he just kept calling and (laughs) calling and every (laughs) like, it got to the point where I was like, Cause if you do know there's a time difference. Because <laughs> <laughs> where are you? I'm in North Carolina, but he moved to Hawaii, like, I think oh, wow. a, a little while later, and so mm-hmm. that's a six, seven-hour difference. Mm-hmm. But he would call, and I'd be like, and I work second shift, so I'm like, I know you are not calling me at 8 a.m. or <laughs> 7 a.m. or whatever time, but but I always answer the phone when he called. So yeah. I, do miss, I do miss that, but I miss our, mm-hmm. our talks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was so knowledgeable about the business having been in so long as a solo artist and of course, as a producer. What do you feel he contributed as far as business-wise like in the industry that maybe a lot of people don't know?
1: It's called Everything you Better Know About the Record Industry. And Mm -hmm. that book, literally, it's like the the business Bible for the recording (laughs) industry. Like it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew nothing about anything about the business of music until I read that book. And mm-hmm. it literally walks you through even to, um, to like royalties, all this stuff. Yeah. And it's, actually he used to teach at um, like, it was a UCLA extension course. So he w- would require the students to read that book. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just one, one aspect I think that he contributed that nobody really ever talks about.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think, I mean, I think that some people, if you're interested in his music at all, you or his, Um, production side would know that like er, in the early 80s when there were certain um, more mature artists that needed to be back on the scene and have like a different sound Kashif is who they went to like my I would say my favorite Kashif produced song that's not his but like he did for someone else might might be it changes uh, Inside Love by George Benson. a bad jam. Like, I didn't know that was the sheet, but I knew that that was a sound that I really loved. Um, another one, he did lots of work with Melba Moore. Loves coming at you. You can hear him all over that. Um, And then, of course, the huge, huge hit that he did for Howard Johnson, which is so fine, which is yeah. one yeah. of the best roller skating jams. <laughs> Ooh, so fine. So fine. Blow no, my mind. Ooh. so fine, so fine, do mind. I still, when that comes
1: on and I'm in the car, I'm still like bopping. Because that song is a bop, but
0: he had a lot of bops. Right? Yeah, he had bops before we were calling them bops. He, is, he, he had a vibe before we were calling it a vibe. Like that, to me, is what... Kashif's sound really reflects and it's it's been copied, it's been, you know, all over the place. Um, yeah. I think a lot of times when I think about like the synth bass music of like 82, 83, like we don't talk about Kashif enough as far as what he did with that.
1: Yeah, I will say another aspect that probably people don't realize business wise, um, or well in production, mm-hmm. Paul Lawrence learned a lot of his skills in the studio by watching Kashif. And mm. so, so, cause I was questioning, cause I was like, okay, all y'all coming out of Hush Productions got this same similar sound, mm. even mm-hmm. the way you sing, like Lilo Thomas. Exactly. Um, yes, I'm, I'm in like love it. is
0: not a Kashif song, but it very much has a Kashif vibe. Because yeah. Paul Lawrence.
1: Because <laughs> of Paul Lawrence, Yeah. <laughs> It's, a, it's like a full circle. It's like they all kind of learned from from him and um, Maury Brown, all, all mm-hmm. of them.
0: Yeah. 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 Can you give me your favorite Kashif song? Favorite Kashif song solo? Favorite Kashif song that he produced that's not his?
1: Okay. Um, it changes a lot, but mm-hmm. I have been listening to, on repeat, I've been missing you.
0: you care? Talk to me. background vocals like you if you listen to it you're like even the voices sound the same but it's Milo <laughs> what album is that on is that on Sun Love uh you know what let me see because I have it right here that's on the album Send Me
1: Your Love it's
0: send me, yeah it's on this. album Send
1: Me Your Love oh yes. come on vinyl I love it I know I was like I need my reference points here <laughs> yes
0: come on I don't have any Kashif vinyl that's gonna be next on my list
1: Yes. Yes. Um, so I also, but I also have my ringtone that I put on my phone. Well, I mean, well, I'm obviously I don't have the same phone uh-huh. as that from 2016 when he passed. But I just took a snippet of "Love on the Rise" with him and Kenny G, and so that's my ringtone.
0: a Kashif ringtone. I made it. (laughs) Let me find out how to make my own ringtones. Everybody's in trouble. You made, and you made it out of that song. I think a lot of people don't know and some might not want to know that Kashif did introduce Kenny G. (laughs)
1: There you go. Cuz contribution.
0: <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> some people know, some people might not want to know depending. I remember seeing um the song that they did together. I remember seeing that video on Midnight Love on BET. Do you yeah. remember Midnight Love? Yeah, I remember no, I that seeing that. I totally <laughs> remember seeing that.
1: But I think um my favorite produced one it, it still is You Give Good Love just because Yeah. Um it's going to sound crazy but every time I feel like I'm going through something or wish I could talk to him that song mm. comes on whether uh-huh. I'm watching YouTube or in the car and he would always say, you give good love, MoFo, <laughs> because <laughs> MoFo Chronicles <laughs> is, my, is my other brand.
0: So. Yeah, explain MoFo Chronicles, because that's what I've known you as the longest.
1: <laughs> um, well, the MoFoChronicles.com is my blog. So mm. a lot of people started, and it was accidental branding, and people mm. would just call me MoFo. And I'm like, that is not my name. So I was like, I got to rebrand, <laughs> which is how Check the Rhymes was born. <laughs>
0: So were you ever able to see Kashif perform live? This is the sad part.
1: And I still have the text message because he had just started doing shows again in 2016. Mm. He'd gone to London and he'd done a show in LA. Mm. And the text I have, he says, I said, you need to come this way. And he was like, I'm headed to the East Coast soon. But
0: I think he sent me
1: that text in like July, but then he died in September. So I never got to see him perform live, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so unfortunate. I'm so sorry to hear that. Shamika, please tell the people about Check the Rhymes TV. Because I I love how you've pivoted. And please tell the people how you came up with the name Check the Rhymes. I know that your last name is Rhymes, but (laughs) I love the story behind how this came to be.
1: Check the Rhymes was born out of... Because I was absolutely not wanting to use my last name Mm -hmm. at all. I was trying for every other thing but that. And Will Downing, every time I talk to him, he's always singing some version of Check the Rhymes, yo. You know, and I was just <laughs> he's like. He's so
0: nice. I like him. He is. He is. He is. Very nice. And so
1: I kept thinking about it and I was like, he might be on to something. And I was like, it's not Tribe Called Quest because it's spelled different, but it can still be mm-hmm. Check the Rhymes because my last name is Rhymes.
0: But and I'm it's kinda, your
1: name. Right. So <laughs> like, might as well. Might as
0: well. <laughs> might
1: um, as well. Check, Check the Rhymes is just. Um, I always call it where Gen X meets pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I my audience is mostly Gen X because I'm talking to these legends, the old school artists that we grew up listening to. Right. And and a lot of us are still listening to like um like the uh well if Kashif were here, um we mm-hmm. still we still would be listening. and we still are listening to him and mm-hmm. um you know, I just love talking to them and hearing their stories. But of course, I also do a lot of pop culture stuff with right. current um, TV shows and movies and all that stuff. So it's kind of a, a good little mixture.
0: Yeah. Tell me about some of the most recent guests you've had.
1: Um, most recent, um, Will Downing. Thinking uh-huh. <laughs> of Will Downing, I told him, I'm like, you ought to be my co-host as much as you come on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anthony Hamilton. Oh, um, yeah, that I'll was, awesome. yeah, that was fun because, um, finding out little things, even about his new album, the album cover, I thought he shot it in LA or something. He was like, nah, down on remount road here in Charlotte. I was like, I could have drove past and seen you out there both <laughs> <up.">
0: <laughs> down in Charlotte.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so that was cool. It was just like, um, I'm trying to think who else has
0: uh, you had Lilo Thomas on. I do know that.
1: Yes, Lilo Thomas came yeah. on. Yeah, he was fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jody Watley's been on the show. Wow. Trying to get her to come back because she got a new um, EP out.
0: Love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so it's just, it's a good mixture of people. And it's been fun. And Paul Lawrence has been on there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't forget him. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. How has it been for you during the pandemic and doing these interviews? Um, honestly, it
1: was Good for me and good well, and people were at home. So they had yeah, time to do yeah, it. Yeah,
0: they had time. Yeah. They were really on the road. So right. I can imagine it'd be a good time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was, it was absolutely a treat. Um, and I just also releasing slowly some of the videos from the red carpet, because this is the first red carpet event that I've mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. since 2020, um, like the beginning of 2020, um, the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame um inductions we inducted Jermaine Dupree. So a lot of people don't know he's from wow. my hometown, Asheville, North Carolina. He so with
0: Atlanta all the time, but yeah. Him and his, um, his father is... Michael Malden. I'm Michael Malden. Michael Malden. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, he was inducted exec. as
1: well. And so they are the first father and son duo to be inducted into any Hall of Fame at the same time. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 It
1: was it was like, well, I guess it was, we, we witnessed history that night. So yeah it was amazing.
0: Great, great. So what's in store for you next, Jamika? More interviews. Um,
1: yeah, more interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do some writing as well, but I'm, I'm mm. trying to just do more interviews and, and continue to tell our stories so that mm. those are there because this, I'm still salty. The Soul Train platform is gone Yeah. Um, as far as the website. So all those stories that I spent five years working on they're gone. So I'm trying to track mm. down a lot of these artists so they can at least tell their stories yeah. on video.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's really a big reason why I love what it is that you do. I feel like I, we're very similar in that we love our music. We respect the history of it. We respect the creators of it and we want to pay tribute to them as much as possible. And so yeah. I, yeah. I congratulate <laughs> you and applaud you for doing that. And getting to this point, as we you know started off with those very, you know, small beginnings and now doing this. So I think that's wonderful.
1: Thank you so much. I love what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I am going to end this with the question that I ask every guest at the end, which is, let's say someone had never, ever, 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 ever heard of Kashif. They have never heard of his music, any of his music produced or whatever. What? Three songs. You can pick three songs. You could pick an album, and I will even say they don't have to be like his—the songs that he's singing on. They could be songs that he produced that you feel best describes this is who Kashif was as far as what he gave to to R&B music.
1: Um, I'm like looking at my stack of albums here, and I'm like, you have to start out with where he started, BT mm. Express. Okay, like you have to. Okay. Um, especially the song "Do It to You're Satisfied." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which no one attributes to Kisheen, at all. I know I don't.
1: Well, well yeah, he, he was a part of the group then. Nobody yeah. even, you know, even I had to go back and look at the cover of the album like, that is him. Because you know it's a group of them. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that would tell somebody to at least check that song out on the album. My favorite baby, don't break your baby's heart. I like that song like too. A bop and a half
0: right <laughs> there. <laughs> um, and then I would probably, gosh, that's hard. It's like a Kashif starter kit. Like, this is,
1: yeah, that's hard. I'm, I'm just gonna, I would just put the Kashif album
0: in there. No, okay, you got to go album or three songs. Now that one, that album though, to me, that is like, even though he put out more music to me, that is like the most definitive. Please tell me, tell people what that album is that you just held up. It
1: is his, um, the Kashif album. Um, When did this one come out? 1983.
0: (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite years yeah that, so yeah myep is definitely it's my favorite Kashif record yeah I think because actually one one
1: song on here I would include in the starter kit uh-huh. the mood.
0: yeah just
1: because that that instrumental. It literally sets the mood but you kind of get a feel of like just him as a musician Mm -hmm. that type of feel like you know I think that that yeah I like that I like
0: that idea I like it hey if you like it I love it I think that's perfect Shamika thank you so 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 much for being on the first time I heard
1: thank you for having me
0: a very special thank you to my guest Jamika Rhimes, as well as a very special thank you to my producer lynn webb this podcast is produced at the bad base in philadelphia thank you so much for tuning in to the first time i heard i am your host toya haynes